Who's paying for that? As parents, it's pretty obvious when our kids are young, we're paying for that. But it gets a little more muddy as they get older and especially as they become adults. So who is paying for that? That's the question we're talking about today on the What Could Go Right podcast, where we discuss personal growth, family connections, and parenting adult children. I'm Emily Orton. And I am Eric Orton. Welcome to the show. All right, so today we're gonna talk about paying for stuff, who pays for stuff. Um, I've got a list of some things that we thought of that become a little bit nebulous because when kids are young, it's we're obviously paying the rent, mortgage, groceries, clothes, all that sort of stuff. Um, But when they get older, who pays for an adult child's cell phone? or their cell phone plan, or their clothes, or the streaming platforms that inevitably get shared amongst all of us, who covers medical insurance, car insurance, cars, haircuts, therapy or medical expenses, who pays for college, who pays for houses, and housing. These all become big questions as our kids become adults. So. Um, Anyway, we don't pretend to have all the answers, but we are kind of deep into this where our kids are all at various different stages. And so anything you want to share on this, Emily? Yeah, I just want to start off by saying there is not necessarily a right or wrong way. Once again, as parents, you're going to find the fit that is best for your family, your child, the season. And maybe one of the points that's important to make is that it might not be the same for every child that you have. Um, It might not be that every child needs the same kind of support or maybe some kids need more support than other kids. And so you will have to be the judge of that, but we do have some ideas about how to make those decisions. So I think maybe I want to share a story about um, paying for stuff and, and how it's been different. For example, uh, when I went to college, I paid for my stuff. (laughs) You know, I paid for my college tuition. I paid for my books. I paid for my housing. My parents covered my flights back and forth coming home over the summer. And once they moved to Europe, that was an even better deal for them because then the military paid for it. They always provided food once I came to the house. But for me, paying my own way through college was such a wonderful experience. One, to figure out that I could do it, that I could, you know, work hard over the summers and work hard during the school year. And that felt great to me because I felt really independent and I didn't feel like I had to check back with my parents on what classes I was choosing to take or how things were going. I could talk to them about how things were going, but I, I never, um, I just felt like I was in control of my own life and I was so happy. I, I remember I used to literally sing on my way, walking home from work back to my dorm every day because I loved calling the shots in my own life so much. I I loved having my own money and being able to pay for all of the decisions that I was making, even when it was challenging and required a lot of effort. I just thought I'm, I love being able to do this on my own. That's a good feeling. So that's one feeling, but I know your family had a completely different approach also good. And it was in a, in a different way, but they kind of were more of a like school is your job. Yeah. I mean, my freshman year, I remember I, I, 
paid for a lot of it. I mean, I covered tuition. I was I was able to earn some scholarships, which I was very proud of. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, my mom said, your job is to be a student. And I worked during summers, but during the school year, my job was to be a good student. And that did pay off in terms of scholarships. So mm-hmm. tuition was covered. Um, my parents helped me with um, covering, li- covering living and living expenses, you know, dorm rooms and, and a, a food plan my freshman year. Uh, and then... We got married shortly thereafter. By my sophomore year, we were married, and my parents said, you're on your own. They said, now you, you kind of, you've crossed the line, and now you're paying for your own stuff because you're married. So you're going to pay for your own housing. You're going to pay for your own tuition and transportation, all that sort of stuff. And I think they did still, you know, flew us home, flew for, us Christmas. home for Christmas and things like that. Um, and so for our part, I feel like we've sort of followed a similar model where um, our kids have paid for their own college. We don't save up for that. Yeah, that's true. That's unusual about us. That when we talk to financial planners, they're like, well, how many kids do you have? And egg, blah, blah, blah. Let's get into it. Here's how much you need to save. And we're like, we paid for ourselves and we believe they can also do that. And that's not one of the things that we're going to save for. Not just because we you know, don't want to help our kids, but because we felt so good, everything we were able to do on our own. And when our we got married and the parents said like, hey, you're doing your own life. Like, we're excited for you. We believe in you. You can do this. We actually, that's what we expected. That's what we anticipated. And we thought when we made the decision to marry. And we also really appreciated that. And that we was, stepped up. Yeah. And we stepped up and we took care of it. And we never felt like, we had to ask permission. Anyway. This this reminds me of something that Karina told us when she was in school and she was chose to study film, which this we were is our oldest. We were happy and excited about for her. And she told us that some of her friends kinda had to study film on the down low because they didn't want their parents to know what they were studying because they sort of because their parents were paying for school they were only allowed to, to choose certain fields of study or they didn't think their parents would be approving of a film degree or a music because I studied music. You know, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't approve of something that seemed to have the le- less likelihood of being lucrative or for whatever reason. We don't know. But that yeah. wasn't the only time she told us stories like that. We would often hear from our kids like, thank you so much for letting me pay my own way. And thank you so much for letting me make my own choices in life. And you know, once again, I heard another peer, colleague, friend at school tell me that their parents or their grandparents is telling them, no, you can't study this or you have to do that. And and just kind of blowing our minds. Obviously, from our viewpoint, we raised our kids to be independent and they love feeling capable and making their own decisions. And, and so they would, every time they heard of another kid their age, like an adult, a young adult who's living on their own and out of the house, um, saying, oh, I can't do that. I have to do this instead because the person who's paying for my life said so. They just were like, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for letting me pay my own way. And, yeah. and, and I know that at all schools, that's not reasonable you know tuition rates are all over the map and so um part of the decision was our kids knew that if if they wanted to go to a school they could afford to pay for that was a driving factor for them Mm -hmm. and so like our oldest got scholarships just like you and that 
helped a ton and then she worked to pay for her housing. Yeah. So, so that was different. I guess I want to back up just a little bit and say one of the things that we did to prep our kids for this, they didn't just like get accepted to college and we were like, well, good luck with that. We like, didn't spring it on them. We, you know, let them know since they were little, like we think it's a great idea. We had a good experience. We paid for it ourselves. We believe you'll be able to do that too. So they knew going in that we weren't planning to cover um, expenses for college. So we've driven them out before and we'll fly them back and forth. Driven them out to college, to not, college. Like, not like driven them out of the house. We've driven them out of the house. <laughs> yeah, we've never done that. We're always like, come back, come stay with us, come play with us. But um, another thing that was really, really helpful is from the time they were very little, uh, we had them track their money. And we knew that when they were in school, they weren't going to be taught about personal finance. And so we made that we took on that responsibility and decided we would teach them. So when they were very little, we would give them a dollar a week and we're like, we're only going to give it to you if you ask for it, because if you can't remember to ask for it, then you might not want it that bad. And at a certain point it got ridiculous. They were like, I don't want the dollar. This I can, dollar is insulting. I can make all this money on my own. I can, you know, go add some value somewhere else. Uh, but it was mostly an exercise in here's my money book. And then it graduated. Cause up. they had to notate it every, the day they got it. The amount. And then and we the, would sign our initials next to it. They had to get used to tracking their money. <laughs> to track their money. And then as they got older, um, we read some finance books with them and made sure they understand the principles. And then they, Eric always taught them how to do a balance sheet. So this is one of the things that I love. Um, our oldest, when she was in college, she would say like, oh, things just feel kind of overwhelming. I feel a little frazzled. I need to get myself in order. And then she'll call back later and say like, okay. I did my balance sheet for the month. I know where I am. Like, I feel better now. And she my goes, My bookkeeping is done. Yeah, my bookkeeping's done. And it was so funny because she said, And a lot of my friends will want to like take a shower and get on a cute new outfit or like get a haircut and then they feel better. She's like, But for me, I just feel better once I know my books are in order. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about college and college tuition and college expenses. Um, again, no right or wrong answer there. I think lots of good, loving parents pay for their kids' college. Um, I think one question that's worth considering is when you pay for stuff, what strings are you attaching, if any? And if you say, I'm going to pay for your college education, first of all, in our home, college is optional. If, you know, if you're paying for college, are you also saying that it only applies to certain fields of study or does your adult child have the liberty to choose what they want to study with those funds? That's just a question. Yeah. Um, and so, um, again, I think whenever a child, an adult child feels that they have an expanding menu of choices and freedom to act, their confidence grows. I want to and go back to what you said about college being optional. Cause I know that's maybe going to feel pretty shocking to some, some people, some people. Um, and if you're one of those people, that's totally fine. You can feel however you want to feel about that. But for us, education is not optional. Ongoing learning is a deep part of our family culture and ideals and always learning. And we just live in a time where, uh, college can be a bottleneck and there are so many, other ways to learn and expand and continue progressing and um, improving and, and growing. And to make money. And to make large sums of money. Uh, a college degree is not required if 
money is your driving factor. In fact, we've hit a tipping point where in many cases, college makes you more poor because it costs so much. You take on with it. so much debt and then it doesn't, um, the skill sets that you gain there aren't, you know, able to overcome that. So okay. anyway, so let's go to some smaller, smaller ticket items like clothes and cell phones and stuff. Let's, um, let me talk about cell phones for a second. Um, we've paid for all of our kids' phones and phone plans until they are, I'm going to say, I don't like, know. We're still paying for all of them right now. Oh no, no, no we're, we're not. not. No, no we're, we're not. not. So uh, until our kids, when our kids graduate from college or begin working full time, I will say that's when I'm like, Hey, you are welcome to stay on our family plan if you want to chip in. Mm-hmm. So now our oldest Karina chips in for her cell phone and cell phone plan. Like she pays for her whole portion. Yeah. Like, I mean like she pays her portion of the bill. Our daughter, Allison, who just got married, I said, Hey, you can do it just like Karina where you stay on our plan and you pay your portion or you and your husband might want to get your own plan. Either way is fine with us. They're going to go get their own plan. So she'll be coming off of our plan. Totally fine. We don't care what they do in that sense, but we want them to start paying for their own bills, whether we're sort of, we're being reimbursed or whether we're, you know, just turning it over to them. So that's how we're handling cell phones. I'd be curious how other people are are handling that. I think it brings up an interesting point because when we were growing up, there was no way that our parents could like pay for our phones. There was no phone plan. There were no cell phones. That wasn't a thing. There weren't streaming platforms. There weren't like family share. None of those things even existed. So we've never seen how our parents would handle that. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of modeling in this Yeah, area. it just wasn't a thing. And so that's one where we have to decide, like, how do we want to handle this and um, what's going to work best for our family, for our kids? Okay, let's go to an easier one that's been fairly timeless, clothing. Yeah. And because what I've observed, I'm almost never the one buying clothes for our kids. Um, we've always paid for their clothes when they were younger. But what I've seen is they when they enter the... Like the teenage teenage. years, they start to like the idea of buying their own clothes because Mm -hmm. they're kind of like, Hey, you know, like I get, I have a hundred percent choice because when we're paying, sometimes we're like, I'm not buying you that. That's not very versatile. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What, for whatever reason we'll say, I'm actually not paying for that. And so we were pulling some, we have some strings attached, but once they're able to just go out and buy a jacket or a pair of jeans or a t-shirt that they like, they feel pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I, and a lot of our kids have gotten into thrifting, I think, because of this. They like to go to thrift stores because they see how much further their money can go. And you get unique stuff that nobody else is wearing. It's for their own style. Yeah. So, and I mean, I'm curious, Emily, as the mom, as the one that's kind of been over this area, what have you been your, your take on this? Well, one of the things I thought came really full circle for me this past year as our oldest is now working full time at her post-college job. It's something that she really loves and, and she's supporting herself in all the ways and, and doing well. And she was out shopping just at a regular store and she found something that she thought I would like and she bought me a dress And I was like, oh, I think this is the first time that I've had a child buy something for me. And then she just wanted to give it to me as a gift. She knew I would love it. I offered to pay for it because I did. I was like, oh, thank you for finding this because I don't go out in the stores as often as she does. And she was like, no, no, it's a gift for you. And I thought, okay. That's pretty cool. Okay, that's going full circle. (laughs) 
Um, so that's one of the things. And the kids who care less about fashion, it's different, right? Because our three oldest were girls and they cared a lot about that. And now I have a son who I'm saying, um, that has holes and stains and you need to throw it in the garbage can right now and stop wearing it, you know? And so it's actually, again, as a parent, like this is a different scenario where, um, for him buying clothes, whatever, he'd rather like till they wear them till they wear out. But when he (laughs) bought his own pair of Converse Chucks, Oh, he loved those. He felt like a rock star and I think took great pride in putting those on because he knew that he paid for them. He got to choose the color, the the cut, everything. And it was a pretty big moment when he opened those up and put them on. Yeah, and it might seem odd because we were like going straight to clothes where it might seem like the the thing to talk about would be cars and car insurance and gas. Yeah, we can talk but about because cars. we raised our kids in New York City, cars were not the thing. Like we had one car for our family... <laughs> And, and they none of one time to one to two times a week, and none of them were even legally allowed to drive in the city until they turned eighteen. So they were usually gone by the time and get their license somewhere else. So um, the cars were less of an issue. We've only just in the last year or two had kids driving cars at all, and we're just about to have our first kid who's living at home get a license and like move into living in a place where driving a car would be a regular thing. So should we talk about cars for a second? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So um, when I was growing up, when I turned 16, I bought my first car. And while I was in high school living at home, I stayed on my parents' insurance, car insurance. Then once we moved out and we were married, well, we didn't have a car. We, we just didn't have a I car. had a bicycle. Um, and eventually mm-hmm. we bought a car and that was all us at that point. We, and so, um, you did not re- remind me, you did not buy your first car. I had use of a car that was a family, family car. And okay. it was like, I'm in charge of getting everybody to school. or I have to drive siblings around or run errands, but and, I didn't, I paid gas, but I didn't pay for the car and I didn't pay for insurance. Okay. And I paid for gas and I think, I don't remember paying into insurance, but I was responsible for all my own repairs and maintenance and upgrades. Cause it was a bit of a beater car. I had an old car, but I can't think of a single time that it ever we ever did anything besides change the oil, which we did ourselves. So, so we learned car maintenance. That, I did. I, I took auto I mechanics. Mean, in my high dad school, taught me so. a little bit of that as well. So, okay, so we did our, some of our own maintenance. Okay, but now, for example, um, one of our daughters she bought her own car, and she she wanted to take a loan out to buy it, which we're happy to do, but she paid for it. And I co-signed on the loan with her, but she's making all the payments, covering her own insurance, gas, everything. And that was even while she was in college. Yeah. So that's one way. And she shipped it out to Hawaii and back again. And she paid for all paid that. Paid for all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Karina, um, she had use of our cars while she was living at home. But then once she was done with school and working, she bought her own car. And I, we had nothing to do with it. She just bought it all herself. Well, we told her, you're going to have to buy your own car. <laughs> and we recommended our favorite auto dealer who, who who helped her out and gave her a good deal. But she, we did not co-sign on a loan with her. Mm-hmm. So she bought that car. Mm-hmm. And then um, for our other kids that are at home, we're just letting them use. When we moved to Utah, we, well, I guess California on our way to Utah, we bought cars and we had more than one for the first time. And we let our kids use those and we cover their, while they're living at home or in school, 
we're helping them cover their insurance costs. Yeah. And I would say since you bring up that we got more cars, like this was a situation where actually we're adults, we have adult kids and our parents helped us out because my parents wanted to buy new cars and they said, Hey, I know you guys just left the city and now you suddenly need three cars, three cars instead of one. And we have a couple of cars that we know we are not going to sell for a big profit. That would make a huge difference to you. So if you just want to buy them for a dollar. So two of them we bought for a dollar and then the other one we bought for a high end, like within the blue book, high end of the blue book range. Yeah. Later down the road later. after I wrecked our, our uh. van. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I, I think- guess that's just an example of parents help. Like even though we're in our late forties, our parents are still part of our lives and we're as we're their adult kids and they're helping us. And we felt like that was a good they felt like that was fair to just sell us their cars. They didn't have to deal with yeah. getting rid of them. And we took them for a dollar. We felt like it was hugely generous on, on their part. Yeah, and we and were grateful. Same, same going into the house that we just bought. They, you know, we bought it from a family member and we we're able to talk to family members to get counsel and advice and how to proceed. And like, do you want to sell to us or somebody else? These are, this is what we can do. And, and it was really nice to be able to have all people who cared about each other at the table, like making those decisions and saying, look, if you don't want to sell to us, like we get it, we're going to be fine. If you do this, we'd love to work something out. And it did. So I think it might be important here to just tell that there's always that relationship is always coming up about money and money and family can always be tricky. And so it's important to have good communication and be really patient and humble and be grateful. And if you're not feeling grateful, that's a good, that's a red flag. That's or a, a good or a pink sign flag. that you want to look underneath of that and see what's going on. I know you had well, some thoughts. I on just, that. I just want to go back to houses real quick. Mm. Cause we've seen, you know, amongst our extended family situations where, um, Houses are purchased like by parents, by parents for adult children. Mm -hmm. Credit card bills are paid off cars, college therapy, you know, all kinds of stuff. And so in some cases these go well, in some cases it doesn't go well. And I don't know that there's one magic formula. Like, like you said at the beginning, each, each family is going to be different. And within each family, each child is going to be different. And I think one of the challenges is that, as we see kind of this different treatment amongst siblings or between your family and my family or between my siblings or your siblings, it's kind of like, uh, Hey, shouldn't there be like a standard here? And Mm -hmm. I think there should be some standards, but I think every parent has the right to do what they want with their own money. I I totally agree. Whenever we see um, in-laws treating children or parents, parents or in-laws treating children adult children differently in a financial sense we just say like there doesn't have doesn't have to be equal and it's their money and they get to make the decisions and we feel that way about our money as well what I do think is you recommended some there being some standards and I do think that one standard that should be the same like I've I would love for you if you disagree with this to let me know your reasoning behind that clarity the standard clarity. should be clarity that we are clear on what I'm providing, what you're receiving, and 
at least knowing what that means and what that means. And like if you're borrowing money, we expect it to be paid back and this is the timeline and this is the amounts, whatever that is, or we're giving you this money and we don't expect it to be paid back mm-hmm. or you can pay it back if you want, but have it be clear. And oftentimes that means putting it in writing. Yeah. Especially when it comes to money. Hey, if it's in an email or yeah, whatever, having that be clear and being able to say to other kids, Hey, everybody's not the same. And I want to help you in ways that are good for you. And I'm going to help this child in ways that are good for this child. In our family, it's, there's easy because our youngest daughter has down syndrome. And so none of the other kids are expecting that they're going to get the same kind of support in adult life as our youngest child is going to be getting in adult life. They're like, of course, that's what we want. We would think it was weird if you did it any other way, you know, but there's communication, there's clarity. We talk about it. And so cultivating those relationships, making sure that you have that relationship reservoir full. And if it isn't, you can start now by being more clear. Hey, sorry, I haven't been more clear before. I realize how important it is. I want to be clear. And think a place we've seen this not just with money generosity but other resources like yes we'd love to um, help you get on your feet by letting you live in our house where you save up for a down payment or that's one I hear a lot um, then or let's y- or yes we'll co-sign that with you mm-hmm. and maybe for one child you'll say yes and for another you'll say no and it doesn't have to be the same but yeah but you're like oh if you're gonna live in um, in my house then let's be clear about how long is this going to last? How are we going to share the space? Um, how are we, what are the expectations going to be? How are we going to share this, the fridge space, the bathroom shelves? <laughs> what are the well, chores? Well, it can be like, like, what's the level of cleanliness or tidiness that we can accommodate? Or who's, are you going to pay for your own groceries, but just stay in our space? Are you going to help pay utilities? Or It doesn't matter what it is that you decide, how you decide to do it, or um, it just has to be clear. If you're saying, oh, I'm going to move in, with two children, does that mean I now assume I have built-in babysitting because grandpa's retired? No, it means that you need to have a conversation about that. <laughs> and come to an understanding. And get clear and maybe even get it in writing. So here are two things that for me have been takeaways on this subject. One is in the process of handling who pays for what, Am I st- do I feel resentful or do I feel good about the things that I'm paying for. And for me, if, if I'm starting to feel resentful, that's a, an indication to me that I need to have a conversation. First, you and I should have a conversation. Yeah, the couple, the married couple. And then we need to have a conversation with our kids. So if I'm feeling resentful about paying for everyone's cell phones, then we need to say, okay, that's something that needs to now be surfaced and discussed and decided. Mm-hmm. And um, another, so anyway, just if, if you're feeling resentment, that I think is a clear indication that that needs to be looked at and addressed in some way. And interestingly enough, sometimes the person who's receiving the resource feels resentful. Okay, we have to. Okay, so if you've seen the movie Sabrina, there's. Oh, this there's, was a sleeper. It's an old Harrison, old Harrison Ford, Ford movie, but it's. And it was a remake. Yeah, it's a remake of a classic, and there's a rich brother who works and earns all the money and kind of like pays for the family's life, and then there's the freeloading brother who just is trying to figure things out, and so they're having this fight, and Linus is the freeloader, and I can't remember, I think, is it David? Is the da- No, Linus is the Harrison Ford character, and then he is like a very successful investor, a businessman, and then um, David did the- a gap ad. 
David's the little brother. He doesn't stick with any school or instrument or okay. girl. Yeah. So how does the dialogue go? So, so Linus says to David, My life makes your life possible. And David says, I resent that. And Linus says, so do I. <laughs> so there can be resentment, resentment both ways from the person that's receiving and sort of being benefited financially and the person who's sort of providing all the money. There can be resentment in both directions. We've seen this in, in, in real life in our, you know, amongst people that we know where the generous person and the receiving person can both be mad about it. Yeah, because the receiving person might feel like the generous person is the controlling person, right? Yeah. And it's so it's it can be a crazy dynamic um, that you might not always expect. So one thing to watch for is, am I feeling resentful about this? And then am I empowering this person or am I making this person feel entitled or am I actually holding this person back from growing or enabling am i I, I enabling am i empowering or enabling this person yeah that's right am i empowering or enabling and it is really surprising but when there's a communication of gratitude it actually goes a really long way yeah to reducing resentment on both sides like the person the person who's doing the giving might just be like i'm you know here's how I feel about you and here's why I want to help. And this is what I want to see for you. I'm just so grateful that you're in my life and, and I want good things for you. That could go a long way. And the reverse obviously as well. Like, Hey, I really appreciate you helping me out in this season. It's not going to last forever. We're going to make it through this, whatever. And, but I, I just love you and I appreciate this. That goes a long way. So again, for me, the, the standard is, Clarity and communication. And when we can pour a little gratitude on top of that clarity, it just makes the whole thing so much better. Good stuff. Okay. Um, We do not pretend to have all the answers on this subject, so we're just discussing it. But if you have things that you're doing that have worked well for you or that you know of, we'd love to, or if you have additional questions, if you're watching this on YouTube, put them in the comments. We'd love to hear from you there. Or um, if you're listening to the podcast, go to our Instagram or Facebook and just shoot us a message or post a comment somewhere. We'd love to hear what's, again, what's working, what ideas you have, or, you know, if there's other topics that you think would be good for us to discuss. So look forward to having the conversation with you there. Anything else before we wrap up on this? I think that I'm just so grateful for you and I appreciate your generosity and, uh, having this conversation (laughs) even though we we don't have all the answers because the situations will change um it's good to always be communicating yeah i agree okay so a couple things as we wrap up please rate review and subscribe if you find this interesting helpful or uh you know something that you'd like to see more of in the world and also if you haven't already go to the awesomefactory.nyc forward slash discovery We would love to chat with you one-on-one. We love doing discovery calls, helping you discover what's possible in your life. Uh, You know, what is your what if? Um, We want to help you make your midlife more meaningful. So anyway, thanks for listening to What Could Go Right. Tune in next time. Thanks. Thanks.